This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now on to today's episode. On this episode, we are joined by the co-founder of Advisor Internet Marketing, Jovan Will. Jovan specializes in helping financial advisors grow their practice using the internet. Jovan and his partner recently had the biggest launch of their entrepreneurial careers, creating $450,000 in revenue for their company. Jovan really deconstructs this launch, giving step-by-step details of how they created the launch. He will talk about the books and the systems they followed to set the launch up, how they prepared their team and audience for the launch, and the one trick that added six figures of revenue. If you have any interest about creating successful launches online, this is absolutely the episode you need to listen to. And without further ado, let me welcome Jovan Will to the podcast. How you doing, Jovan? I'm great, Chris. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. You're calling in from where today? I am in Phoenix, Arizona, more specifically Tempe, beautiful, sunny Tempe, Arizona. What a great city. I lived there for about four years, which is actually where Jovan and myself met at a Rich Dad, Poor Dad cash flow club. You remember that? Yeah, that's exactly where we met. and It's been quite a journey ever since, my friend. Jovan and I recently reconnected. I wanted to bring him on the show because we were chatting about a launch that Jovan has recently completed, and it was his largest and most successful launch to date for him and his partner. That is correct. So let's jump into you as an entrepreneur and what you've got going on today. Great. I'll try to go as fast as I can because I know there's a lot <laughs> we want to cover today. Uh, but you know, very briefly, I, I actually went to school to be a graphic designer, and I did I did graphic design for a good five or so years right out of college with an internship and everything. Um, and I just reached a point, Chris, where like a lot of folks who are entrepreneurs today, uh, you just kind of have this defining moment where you're thinking to yourself, if I don't do something different. I'm going to be stuck here doing the same thing forever. And I looked around and I saw some of the folks kind of ahead of me in terms of middle management and so forth. And uh, uh, they were in failing health, failing relationships and so forth. They're great people, but uh, you could just see that there wasn't really a whole lot of freedom in terms of the work they were doing. And so that's kind of what led me on this journey. Uh, somebody, a mentor of sorts, uh, introduced me to the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that book really just rocked my world. Uh, I went from never reading a book and swearing off learning from <laughs> college to literally being a voracious reader and uh, really exploring, you know, what does it actually take to be an entrepreneur? I never actually considered that, you know, as, as a pathway for myself. And so uh, from there, uh, one thing led to another, I'm skipping over some minor details, but I had the opportunity to get mentored with Robert Kiyosaki and a lot of the folks with that company. And I think that's how you and I got connected through like a cash flow club. And a cash flow club was essentially a group of like-minded people that would gather together to play this board game called cash flow to really understand different principles of financial education, entrepreneurship. And I grew that club to over 300 members. And somehow I got uh, noticed by by the company Rich Dad. And and that's kind of what led me in that apprenticeship and uh, from there, I ended up leaving my job, which was a really difficult thing to do. I mean, really, really difficult. Um, <laughs> looking back now, it was, it was terrifying, you know. But uh, uh, I went off and I ended up uh, getting involved with home-based business, uh, multi-level marketing, like, like a lot of folks who have. Um, I wasn't able to get any success in it uh, until I started to learn how to do internet marketing. And that's kind of what 
has led me to do what I do today. I started doing ads on, on Google and so forth, and I got involved with a company selling packages that start out from 50 bucks to 300, then you would send these folks over the phone to a, a 2,000, 10,000, you know, $20,000 package. And that's kind of what led me to really delving into internet marketing lead generation and selling over the phone. And uh, I ended up getting connected with a financial advisor that was relying primarily on offline marketing, like dinner seminars, radio, things like that. And uh, I was taking a look at what he was doing, and I thought the, the thought occurred to me, what if I could take what I'm doing and selling these information and coaching programs, and we could bolt this onto what you're doing with these financial products, and could it work? And uh, uh, the long or the short answer to a long story, if you will, it worked really well. Uh, his company grew substantially. He became the number one uh, producer of financial products uh, in his industry, and a paltry budget of ten thousand dollars of ad spend uh, grew uh, over 90 days, grew to half a million a month. Wow. And so over the course of those three years, um, you learn a lot. And uh, so I ended up uh, leaving that company and venturing off and doing other types of consulting and other ventures. And that's kind of what led me to what I do today, which is really working in a very niche market uh, where we specialize in helping financial advisors grow their practice using the internet as well as other different types of strategies. But uh, we have two sides of the coin, so to speak. One is really focused on an information info publishing, which is what could, we could talk about the product launch. And then the other side is we actually generate leads. We generate leads, which turn into actual clients and sales. And, and we have a business model around that as well. So hopefully that answers your question. Yes, it does. Thank you. So let's talk about both those things. Let's start off by how you guys handle leads, the systems you're using, and how to structure those in your business to create results. Yeah, that's a great question. So, uh, I would be it would be amiss if I didn't address that I have a the most extraordinary business partner. I mean, it's literally like a marriage. Uh, his name is Fernando, and I'd say there was one book that really helped uh, culminate and really bring us together in such a deep, intimate way. And I say intimate, meaning like it's literally like a marriage. Him and I could practically read each other's mind. Uh, the book is called Rocket Fuel, and what I absolutely love about this book is that it really distinguishes the two different types of personalities to really build a build a massively successful business. And one is called the visionary, and the other person's called the integrator. And they may be business partners, or it could be an employment arrangement, but a lot of entrepreneurs tend to be in the visionary category. They're very sales marketing oriented, but they're not so good at follow-up. They're not so good at the details. And that's me to a T. Uh, I'm fortunate in that my business partner, Fernando, is an extraordinary integrator. He is excellent at being able to manage budgets and systems and technology. So in order to answer your question, I'm going to give it to you from my visionary perspective because I don't delve too much on the system side. But um, I will say that we've had a, a lead system that's been incredibly rudimentary as of 2016, and we're moving into a new system. And we literally were creating uh, leads and populating them through a Google spreadsheet and then farming it out to our, our sales team. That, that simple. And we've gotten to a point now where we have to get like a, a real system in place. We, we have used Salesforce and other systems in the past, like traditional CRMs. Uh, but we're actually now using a system called Follow-Up Boss, and it's, it's pretty new in terms of our adoption for it. Um, but uh, essentially, that's how it works. We get a lead, it comes in, and then uh, immediately that lead gets contacted uh, by our sales team. And then at that point, it's up to them to be able to you know, service the client and hopefully do a good job and then, and then turn it into business. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, it definitely does. 
Jovan, let's talk about business partnership. You sound like you have an incredible partnership, and I'm sure there are many people that can learn from you. You are the visionary, and he's the... Integrator. Tell us more about his role in part as an integrator in the business. Sure. Well, it originally started when his name is Fernando. Fernando and I worked side by side where he was the marketing director managing uh, mega, mega marketing budgets uh, in, in this in the particular company that we were working with at the time. And uh, him and I forged a, a friendship in that I was doing a lot of the, the funnels, the copy, and just designing a lot of the marketing campaign, so to speak. And uh, what has evolved over time is a, is a really strong relationship where uh, we have such a, a mutual respect for one another with our respective roles that I will bow out gracefully knowing that if this is your domain, Fernando, and you feel very strongly about it, then I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, try to go to battle to, to change your mind about it because uh, it wasn't always that way. And, you know, Fernando would admit to it that uh, in some cases I, you know, I, I could be an intense person. So, uh, you know, relinquishing control is a difficult thing for an entrepreneur. It's terrifying, you know, because when you don't have control, you feel like there's, uh, you know, you get a little neurotic and that's just my own personal story. Um, but uh, we actually got a business coach last year I hired a business coach and explain some of the challenges that we were dealing with. And uh, he recommended us for us to pick up the book. And, and essentially it was just, I think it was more about self-discovery, understanding, you know, how am I wired? I'm never going to be wired like an integrator, nor is he going to be wired like a, a, um, a visionary. And so uh, we've just been very clear about, hey, Javon, you're working on the copywriting, work on the offer creation, pricing models, upsells, downsells, email sequencing in terms of how we want to structure offers, right? Fernando, you're going to help with systems, technology. We're going to make sure bills get paid. We have a, an income that's consistently being paid to our bank account and affiliates are getting paid. Uh, we're hiring people and the people that we're hiring are getting adequately trained. And so obviously there's some overlap, but uh, just having clearly defined roles, I'd say, has been really a big part. But fundamentally, the, the bedrock, Chris, of it all is the value system is truly the value system. Like Fernando is a family man. I, I, I just recently got married, but family is, is so important to us and, and really uh, ensuring that we have a business that supports a lifestyle where we can be there with our friends and our family and not be chained to our business, so to speak. And so, you know, having a business partner allowed me to spend four months traveling overseas in Southeast Asia. If I didn't have that partnership, it would be virtually impossible for that, ha for that to happen given the, the structure of my business. So, that's kind of a, our partnership in a nutshell. How do you take that value system, Jovan, and implement into your business and teach your team? Well, I think that kind of leads me to a book I read last year that really had a profound impact on my value system. It's called Essentialism. And Essentialism, in its crux, talks about uh, identifying what's most essential to your highest level of, of contribution and your fulfillment and happiness. And a lot of the book talks about saying no. And so what I mean by that is Fernando and I have turned away business. We've turned away specific type of projects because it just wasn't in alignment with our value system. It would basically be requiring us to be uh, on a schedule that wouldn't allow us to have the freedom that we want. Or we'd be working on projects that um, really just the, the folks that we were working with, you could just tell in the conversations that they just the values were just off. You know, there was something that was just different. Um, there has to be an ease, a flow to things, right? So... Um, in, in terms of our team and so forth, uh, we have a, we, we work with a lot of outsourcing and so forth. But um, I think more than anything, uh, we try to be we try to be as transparent as possible. So you know, when when we have different family things going on, whether it be like a birthday party or an anniversary or this or that, like you know, we we make it clear, like you know, 
we're going to take this day uh, and we're going to dedicate some time off to celebrate this or that or whatever. Like, I mean, family is so important to us. And so um, I guess, uh, you know, in some ways that the team actually gets to see, you know, hey, you know, they have lives outside of the business. You know, there's there's a bigger picture. The business is just a vehicle. I mean, that's it, it's easy to get caught up in thinking it's the end all be all, but it's just a vehicle. It's just a vehicle to get us to where we need to go. And, and hopefully we have fun and we learn along the way and we obviously can make a living. So that's kind of my philosophy behind that all. Have you ever brought someone on a team that didn't share the same value system as you and you had to let them go? And how did you guys handle that situation? Um, I'll even tell you a, a story of a personal nature in that the person that had the value system messed up was actually me. Okay. Okay. So uh, a few years back, I ended up starting a venture where I was literally working in an office every day wearing a, a suit and tie. I was managing a, a, a staff. I was in meetings all the time, and I was really spending so much of my time outside of my area of expertise, or some people call your superpower, your zone of genius, what, whatever you want to call it. And it left me like, you know, I was working really hard, and the opportunity seemed like it was going to pay off in terms of like, you know, financial rewards and so forth. But what I discovered was that we all have different scoreboards in terms of what we indicate is happy, you know, fulfillment, being fulfilled and happy. And for me, like having the freedom to work from home when I want to or travel and do things to me is worth more uh, than trying to build something up with, you know, trying to build something up and, and, and sell it for a large acquisition later down the road and basically just be kind of tied to a business for X amount of years indefinitely. And so, since we have completely changed our business model today, as of two years from, uh, it's been two years now, uh, we stick true to that. And um, so, you know, when we're bringing on people, we people don't really get to a point where they're working with us without understanding that. So um, I, I'd say lifestyle, and lifestyle design is kind of thrown around quite a bit, but that's a pretty big part of, of, of our business model because if we're not having a happy life, I'm not having time to work out, spend time with my wife and family and so forth, then it's like it's it's really not going to be, it, it's going to end very badly, which is, which is kind of what happened uh, just a few years ago. Was there a defining moment when you recognize that, Jovan? Yeah, I would say I was I I had a a full blown call center. I had fifty sales reps working, reporting underneath me, um, and I was looking out this beautiful office that was our office, and you know ceiling to floor glass space, and I'm seeing the clouds go by, literally blue skies, clouds go by, green outside, and it was the middle of the day. And I wanted to be outside, but I couldn't because I was busy building and running my business. And I thought to myself, wait a second, I read for our work week and all this other stuff about lifestyles on years ago. How did I end up here? And I think that, uh, you know, my scoreboard, my internal scoreboard was just not really properly calibrated, <laughs> you know, uh, and that was kind of the defining moment. And in terms of like, wow, I, I actually kind of painted myself into a wall, so to speak here. This isn't really what I wanted after all. Uh, and so that was really a defining moment. And I, I try to keep checking in every now and then you got to like your lifestyle design, like, you know, the ideal day, ideal week. It's not going to be that every day. Like last week, it was like an insanely busy week. It's never like that all the time. But I'd rather have it be the exception rather than the rule to have my ideal week, um, you know, change from 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 time to time. All right, let's talk about your product launch. I know you wanted to come onto the show so you can give back some of the knowledge that you have learned. When you were telling me about it, it sounded really impressive, and I wanted to let you take the mic and share everything that you want. 
Awesome. Well, it, it's really been uh, through divine appointment that you and I got reconnected because I'm I'm not joking. Literally last week, we just had a a very successful launch, success defining by by our terms. It was a, a product launch where we launched an information marketing program, and uh, we made four hundred fifty thousand dollars in in revenue from this product launch. And um, what I'd like to share with everyone are some of the ways that we kind of put it all together. It's going to be hard to deconstruct everything and unpack everything in, in, sh- in such a, a short period of time. Uh, but literally just a day before you and I got connected, Chris, I was sitting in my chair in my office, in my home office here, thinking, man, who could I share this with? Because I said, this is pretty cool stuff. Like, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything, but more like, hey, I've, I've learned a few things from certain groups that I was part of and I applied it and it worked really well for what we were up to. Um, so... Just to kind of unpack it further um, in terms of uh, being able to apply what I learned here. So if anyone is interested in a, a product launch in terms of uh, taking an information marketing product and launching in a big way, um, I'm going to share with you a few things that's really worked for me. Uh, there's two books that I'd really recommend that you pick up, uh, first of which is called uh, Product Launch Formula. And I believe Jeff Walker, I, I actually know it's Jeff Walker's program. If you haven't read his book, you absolutely have to read the book. Uh, he has a full-blown uh, training program, live event, and so forth, which I'd highly recommend, which goes really deep on that as well. Okay, so that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing that you really got to pick up is called the Ask Method. Okay, and that's by Ryan Levesque, uh, an absolutely brilliantly written book that really talks about how to separate your audience into different segments or buckets and then treat them differently with a different sales message. The challenge that we have as marketers is we tend to broadcast the same message to our audience and hope that they convert. Um, and so you have different types of people and you're in different buckets and so forth, and you're casting this wide net and uh, invariably you'll get people. But what the Ask Method does, which is radically different, is to really treat the marketing message so much different and create a unique experience for each person. So the reason why those two two things are important is is because product launches have been around for a while. The ask method is really starting to pick up, but what I've been able to do just by, uh, I'm I'm actually part of uh, Ryan Levick's uh, mastermind in terms of uh, learning some of the stuff, is to really combine the ask method and product launch formula together for maximum results. And I'll share with you what that means. So in, in effect, what a product launch really is, and if you haven't seen it, it, it it's typically you're, you're bringing people through some form of what you call a funnel where you release three separate videos over a period of time. Maybe it's like a couple weeks. And then what you do is you open up the cart on the fourth video and you sell an information product is usually what it is. And, uh, over the course of five to seven days, you're collecting orders and you close it down. And uh, hopefully, if you did a good job, you get a decent amount of sales. So uh, prior up to this, we've had six-figure launches in the past, but this is definitely the, the largest of ones that we've had. Um, but here's what we did, which was different, uh, Chris, which um, is something I learned from a guy named Stu McLaren. And Stu McLaren is a brilliant marketer. Uh, I had a really good connection with him recently at a mastermind. And he said, if you want to launch any kind of product, whatever it is, he said, think of it this way. Think of it, if you want to launch an airplane off of a you know uh, a runway, so to speak, the larger the airplane, the more runway that you need. If you have a smaller airplane, you don't really need a large, long runway. So in preparation for Stu's launch, and he had a seven-figure launch, so a lot of what, I'm, what I did in our launch was unpacking what seven-figure launches did, which, which we will do eventually at some point, hopefully this year. Um, but what he did was prior to the launch, he had a really long runway of videos and content 
just to really build up the goodwill, like brand, no, nothing to sell. Like this is even before the three videos of a typical product launch. Because typically, if you're not familiar with a product launch, it's usually three distinct videos uh, leading up to a product launch where you open up the cart. Uh, but in this case, what, what Stu did was he released, I think, like four or so videos that were very emotionally impactful that appealed to people's values. Okay. So they weren't about like how to's, how to do this, how to do that. It was more like value driven stuff that really connects with people's hearts. And so what I did to kind of uh, do my version of building a runway, so to speak, um, was to be able to release a handful of podcast episodes. And so what I did was our training program that we launched was specific around a certain type of a business building program. And so what I did was I interviewed people who had prior success in that business building program. And I interviewed them for several weeks prior to our product launch. And so I had four to five very specific podcast interviews that were absolute pure value, uh, teaching people about different ideas that are related to the upcoming launch. And what I did was in each of those product launch Inter, excuse me, each of those podcast interviews, I had a link to a waiting list. So essentially, I was building up anticipation. Okay, so that's one thing I did differently. Uh, the other thing that I learned that's worked really well, going back to the ask method, is that before people opt in, and this is something that you'll start seeing a lot more of, if if you've ever followed any of the uh, seven-figure launches out there, Todd Herman's 90-Day Year is one of them, Stu McLaren's Tribes another, and Ryan Levesque's ask method, they're all multiple seven-figure launches. What they're starting to all do, which is something that we experimented with and it seemed to work really well, is that when people opt in to receive the three videos from the product launch, you ask a segmentation question, meaning before they can opt in to give their email address to be able to get the videos, you ask them a series, like one of four questions. So in our case, we have what's called a journey segmentation. So everyone's way of segmenting your audience is going to be different. But in my case, we're dealing with financial advisors and they typically fall into four categories. One could be, I'm just getting started. Two could be, I have a business up and running, but I need more consistent appointments and I need more consistent marketing. Third could be, I, want, I have a, great, a good business, but I really want to go next level and I'm kind of plateaued. And finally, I've got a great business. Revenue is great, but I need more freedom of time and uh, more outsourcing and so forth. So those four different groups are very different in terms of the challenges that they deal with, aspirations and so forth. So if you're trying to have a conversation with someone that's just getting started and you're talking about time freedom and this and that, it's just so far removed from their psychology because that's not really what they're dealing with. They're just getting started. Revenue is not really there yet. So freedom of time is just completely off the radar. So what we do is uh, we segment them at the very beginning, and then we have a very customized welcome email that goes out that's very that's different for each one of these groups, okay? And in that welcome email, if they are just getting started, they're gonna get a different welcome email than if they have a great revenue, but they want more freedom of time and so forth. The other little ninja technique that we did was we, in the PS, we say, hey, why don't you share with us what's your biggest challenge right now? Uh, because we want to learn more about what you're dealing with and what you want what you want to create with your business. And then hit reply to this email. And so what happens is when you do that, you're getting a micro commitment from people, getting them conditioned to taking a small action, but you're also getting feedback from them. So you can kind of read through the emails and you can craft your copy and make it very specific to that. And finally, you're helping avoid the spam filter, you know, the dreaded spam filter. Anyone that replies to an email, typically it's a legitimate email. That email provider will do a better job of delivering your future emails once in the product launch. But before I go even further, I'm just going to check in with you, Chris. That was a lot, and hopefully that made sense. Any, was that clear? Anything I could clarify further for you? That was crystal clear. 
I love it when guests come on the show and just dump value. It makes my job so much easier. Keep going, Jovan. Keep going. Okay, great. <laughs> great. So something to consider is that um, one of the things I learned working with Ryan Levesque as part of their mastermind is that the, the biggest thing that people have in terms of aspiration, this is a universal psychological thing, is that we're, we, are, we are so excited about self-discovery. Right. So you'll, you'll see with BuzzFeed and all these other quizzes, you know, which Disney princess are you or <laughs> which action hero are you? Oh, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. Take this quiz. Right. And so what happens is marketers are catching on to this, that this whole self-discovery thing is not just a, a fad, so to speak, but it's a universal characteristic about human beings and how we're wired. And so the way it applies to product launches is that people want to know, well, which which group am I? Okay, great. So I'm in this group. You know, I'm just getting started or whatever. And then what we do is from a marketing standpoint is we curate or we customize the content so that the experience is, is, is different. And so we're actually kind of creating the frame so that when they're going into the product launch, they have the experience that the training is customized for them, which we do. But the videos are the same, Chris. The three videos are the same, but the way we frame them are differently in terms of the way that we write the copy and so forth. So uh, so that's really the way that we opt people in. And what's really cool, our our conversion rate was 60 to 70% on wow. that page, wow. right? <laughs> which is which is amazing. And and we're not just talking about uh, our, our house list, meaning our warm list, right? We have a list that we've been pushing traffic to and affiliates. We're talking about, I bought media like cold traffic was converting imagine that at 60 to 70 percent wow. right and uh which is super exciting right and uh so from there maybe kind of going a little bit further into the actual uh product launch itself it's kind of hard without showing a visualization of a diagram of it all um but essentially you know i'm, I'm going to defer the three videos and how you create those to the book and to jeff walker's program because he does a fantastic job of doing that but uh in layman's terms in a very simplified fashion the three videos are really designed to educate people to get them to know like and trust you and to kind of get them teed up and ready for the offer okay and the offer is very important and in our case the offer was a, a training program uh, which was an info marketing program with a live group coaching aspect as well as an, an event, like an actual physical event mm-hmm. uh, in, in Miami, uh, $2,497, $2,500. Um, and uh, here's what I think would be really useful for folks. Um, once now I'm going to skip over the, the, the three videos because that's really spelled out very clearly in Jeff Walker's program, but the sales sequence is the most important. So in our case, we open up the cart on Monday, and then we close the cart on Friday at midnight. And this is super important. If you're doing a product launch, this is something I kind of learned from a bunch of different marketers, mostly from uh, the mastermind folks that are you know doing seven-figure launches. Each day, you want to have a theme in your sales sequence. So I call it a sales sequence because the moment you open up the cart – you're opening up your cart for orders. You want to make sure that there's a, a proper sequence in place that really drives sales. So in our case, we open the cart on Monday, but on Sunday I send out an at- anticipation email. I say, Hey guys, we, you know, thank you for all the comments and this and that for the videos tomorrow at such and such a time, we're going to be opening up the cart for you to be able to join our program. And we're going to be offering a bonus. That's only going to be exclusive for 20 people. So if you want to get involved with this and get this bonus, then you're going to want to take action. And so within the first 24 hours on Monday, we had what's called the first movers bonus, which is the most valuable bonus. I think we had 40 some orders come in that day alone. On day two, you create another bonus, uh, a secondary bonus that you give to all the people that are rejoined, but also an additional for the next block of people that come in. So this is to drive more sales on Tuesday. Wednesday, you do a live webinar, and that's where you get on the f- on the webinar with your audience and you answer questions live, Q and A, and so forth, and really keep you know hammering home, uh, you know, 
uh, some type of a, a bonus offer for for webinar attendees only. All right, mm-hmm. and then on Thursday, the focus is on case studies and testimonials, and this is where the experience starts to shift. And what one thing I kind of glossed over was that I wrote. 200 I, i'm a little overachiever when it comes to marketing chris but i wrote 200 pages of copy in a in, a, in two weeks okay <laughs> so what would normally be um and you could you could you could literally spin it out as much as you want but each day uh each day that we had a specific for example i had two emails go out on monday two emails times by four would be eight because i'd have to write two i'd have to write two emails for each segment because they're different right mm-hmm. someone that's getting started versus someone that wants more freedom they're going to have a different type of angle or hook in order for us to be able to uh speak to that audience um so that leads us to thursday so thursdays the, the theme is on testimonials you really want to drive case studies and so what you want to do is you want to curate case studies and testimonials that are specific to that 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 segment so we had four different testimonial pages for each of those four segments and then lastly uh, Friday is, I would say, the the least sophisticated day, Chris. And so, for <laughs> folks that are like, you know what, forget segmentation. That's too much work. That's okay. I've done it without segmentation. Product launches still work. But here's what you gotta understand: the single most powerful driving force for people when it comes to taking action is the FOMO. And I think everyone knows what that is: FOMO, fear of missing out. Okay. And so, just having the fear of missing out happen on a Friday uh, at midnight, people are, it's gonna drive people to wanting to. Take Take action, and that also leads me. You know, regardless of whether you do product launches or whatever, there's two concepts that are really powerful, and I think we've all heard it, but I've never really kind of understood it until recently. Um, is the whole idea of scarcity and urgency, because they're two different things. So sometimes we collapse them together, but when it comes to scarcity, that means there's only a, a finite amount of units that are available. And in our case, we only have a certain amount of uh, blocks of seats, so to speak, at the live event. So there is a, a true, not a fabricated, manufactured scarcity aspect. There truly is. Once the seats are out, they're out. Okay. Now, urgency means that it's usually there's a, uh, a timeline involved. Like once the timer runs out, eh, it's done. You can't, you can't, you can't buy. Right. And so to combine scarcity and urgency together, whatever kind of marketing you're doing is like the one-two punch that really culminates the whole FOMO concept, fear of missing out. And so that's kind of what you know drove this whole thing. But if there's one thing I could add that really added an additional six figures of revenue with this one thing, literally this one thing added six figures of revenue, which blew my mind in terms of the simplicity of it all is to add an uber expensive package so what i mean by that is the traditional pricing of how we structured the offer is 24.97 or three payments of i think 9.97 is the is the core offer we also had a 997 ten thousand dollar vip offer this is something i learned uh and i borrowed from Todd Herman, who I interviewed in my podcast, he has a program called the 90 day year. And what you do is you only offer 10 or 15, depends on how many you can accommodate a super high ticket offer. Now it doesn't have to be 10,000. It could be six. It could be whatever you want to price it. But what you're going to find is people that come into your product launch, there's going to be different levels of what they want to get. You know, some people just want the general offer, which is going to be awesome. But then there's some people that want one-on-one, like in terms of maybe a, maybe a mastermind. Or in our case, we have a VIP mastermind, and we also have some like service work that we're going to provide. We sold 12 of them. We sold 10, and I had to open up a few more slots. I think we got 12 or 13 of those. With that one 
with that one thing that we added and addition added an additional six figures to the to the the product launch so hopefully that makes sense in terms of kind of like high level how you can you know really launch a, a product launch using the ask for, formula using jeff walker's proven model but then also attacking on a high ticket offer that my friend was some of the most value we have had on a podcast in the shortest amount of time ever wow Oh, wow. I wasn't sure if I was just rambling. I apologize if it was just too much, man. That was rambling and some of the best rambling I'd ever heard. I really enjoyed that, and I am still processing all of it. Is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners about the launch? Yeah, if there's one other thing that I would add, Chris, to to really, you know, it's one thing to be able to market and promote a, an info product or a training program, but it's another thing to be able to have those orders stick in terms of, you know, refunds and so forth. So I think one smart thing to do is to tack on a live event. If you want to have a, a, a product launch that you're charging 2000 2500 or so, a live event's a really great way to, to create more value and to also help retain a lot of those sales. So that's something that we're doing, um, which I think is going to really help on, on the engagement side with our new members. What advice would you give yourself five years ago, Jovan? I'd say there's three, there's really three things that have, that just, I was looking back, Chris, and thinking, man, like I've had so many struggles and (laughs) and failures that we just glossed over leading up to this launch. And so if I could give advice to myself and I was just getting started, uh, I really think there's three areas that entrepreneurs could focus on. This this is really me speaking to myself now, even today. Uh, And I would call it, you know, these are the three things that, that makes, that really move the levers pull the levers and move the top line and the bottom line. Number one is skill sets. Um, you got to you gotta hone your craft, you know? And uh, I think what I found is when I first got started, I tried to learn everything. Man, I tried to be a copywriter. I tried to be a, a public speaker. I tried to be a salesman. I tried to do pretty much everything you can imagine from coding to building websites, yada, yada, yada. So I think just getting started, uh, you know, sometimes we tend to be more of a generalist, but as I progress in my career uh, with my business, I've been more specialized. And what I've found is I'm actually really uh, pretty decent at constructing funnels and architecting offers and also putting high-level deals together. Um, And so that's kind of why I'd say, you know, you got to really work on your skill set. And that, you know, that's something that's kind of given. The second thing I would say is in, in... I've heard a lot of people talk about this in terms of mindset, uh, but one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me uh, is the concept of being able to suspend disbelief, and that's something I learned from a mentor of mine. Is that, and really, what suspending disbelief is like? If you could just visualize exactly the kind of people you want to work with, uh, the type of partners, the type of customers, the type of product you want to offer, it may not be reality or true today. But if you could just suspend the disbelief for momentarily just to be able to visualize exactly what you want, you can go after. And that's kind of what I'm seeing today in terms of the way I work and the folks I work with. They're a pleasure to work with. They respect my skills. I respect theirs. It's mutually profitable. And so in the world of mindset, you know, you could talk about grit, you know, not, you know, and also a limiting, limiting, eliminating, limiting beliefs. That's kind of a tongue twister. The reason why limiting beliefs, I think, are, are very dangerous and I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, when we were approaching this launch, I actually did not want to offer a high-ticket offer. I said, you know, we've never done something like that before, Fernando. Um, the, no one's gonna, no one's gonna want to spend ten thousand dollars without speaking to someone on the phone. They're gonna, you know, we don't. I, it's just not gonna work. But I had a limiting belief around that that uh, you know it wouldn't work. But Fernando insisted. He said, "Dude, man, let's let's just give the shot. This is something we can we can create tons of value for these people at a more high-touch experience." And my mindset rapidly expanded. And now I'm thinking the next go around, hmm, maybe we can offer 20 of these different type of packages and accommodate it in a bigger way. 
And then finally, I'd say a Rolodex. You got to build up your Rolodex. Um, and so for me, um, as a recent in the last year or so, I'm in a pretty high-level mastermind, and it's it's paid back in spades, uh, the stuff that we've learned. And so I would just really encourage anyone, whether it's uh, getting a business coach or mentor, whatever, and kind of litmus test for me, Chris, is when I, if I look at my cell phone, like who in my cell phone can I connect with in a moment's notice that's further along in their journey and I can get help with something, you know, whether it's, you know, their, their business is, you know, twice the size of mine, 10 times or what have you. And so for me, I, you know, those are the three things I'd say that I would really encourage myself if I can go five years ago, uh, skill sets, mindset, and then really building up that Rolodex. Incredible wisdom from Joe Von Will. Thanks, my man. We're going to wrap up there. Can you tell the listeners where they can get a hold of you at? Absolutely. And thanks so much, Chris, for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, my primary business is advisor internet marketing, and that's really where um, you can get connected with me is there as well. Uh, my wife and I also have a new lifestyle brand that we've launched and we're building called The Couples Quest. And it's really out of my passion for creating programs and ideas for for couples that want to build business together get in shape together build spirituality different things together so either one of those websites would be great to get connected with and i'd love to hear from folks that were on listening to your podcast jovan thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your insight congratulations on your launch listeners we are going to wrap up there thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode bye everybody The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those that are in the Entrepreneur House, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, we have three different events, a three-day productivity weekend in different cities all around the world, a two-week all-inclusive retreat for entrepreneurs with six-figure businesses. This will be full of workshops, masterminds, and adventure. Then a four-week event in Chiang Mai, Thailand for established entrepreneurs, also full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. These events will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested in have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.